Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Thrifty Marketer Podcast. Today we will be chatting with Pooja Rai. Pooja is the CEO and co-founder of Anthill Creations. Anthill Creations is a not-for-profit organization which aims at making play accessible to children by building sustainable playscapes. Anthill has already impacted over 1.25 lakh children across 18 states in India. Let's hear the Anthill Creations story from Pooja. Uh, this month, SME Talks, we are going to take a different route altogether. So this month, we will be celebrating female entrepreneurs and leaders across the globe. So uh, last week, I couldn't come live because I was shifting my house and stuff like that. So four weeks, we have four weeks. We have four fantastic, inspiring female entrepreneurs slash leaders coming on the show. So I'm super excited about this month because uh, I have, I know all of them uh, via various social networks for a long time. I follow their work. They all are doing fantastic work. And I want to see how they do all these things they do. Right? They have multiple responsibilities and stuff like that. But they're doing fantastic professionally as well. So a lot of lessons for all of us. Today, uh, I have a very good friend of mine. Uh, she is uh, a phenomenal person. Uh, and the work she does with her venture, I have been following since my days in Bangalore. You know, it's very, very uh, interesting concept and all that. So today I have Pooja Rai with me. She's the founder and CEO of Ant Hill Creations. So you, if you ask me what is Ant Hill Creations, it's a not-for-profit organization incubated by NSRCEL IIM Bangalore. So what they do is they aim to make play accessible for kids by building sustainable playscapes. So that's what I said. It's very exciting work they do. Very interesting, very different and innovative. So we will hear all about it from her. Antil has already impacted over 1,20,000 children across 18 states in India. What a fantastic work they're doing. That's an example of that. She has authored a book on women entrepreneurs called The Road Not Taken. She's an alumni of IIT Kharagpur. She's a TEDx speaker, Ashoka change maker, and she was even awarded by Nobel laureate Professor Mohammed Yunus. So such an exciting personality coming on the show. So let's uh, bring her on and listen to her now. Hey, 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 can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you clearly. Fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for taking time out for SMB Talks and coming here. Uh, I'm super excited to have this conversation with you. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. So happy to be on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks. So how is how is uh, how is situation in Bangalore? Um, uh, I mean the cases are rising, but we are back to work. <laughs> okay, very nice, very nice. So you know, just to give a brief background about the show, uh, Pooja. You know, uh, I started it when coronavirus kicked in. Uh, mm -hmm. So it was uh, around May I started the show. Uh, and the purpose was, you know, every since since all of us are going through several kinds of challenges at the moment, I wanted to bring people like you, uh, you know, who has an inspiring story behind them uh, via their work or maybe their expertise, things like that. So I have had a lot of guests who have come in and shared their story so that, you know, uh, people uh, 
everybody everybody can take a leaf out of your journey and you know get inspired and get moving through this tough times so uh, once again thank you so much for having so what i have done is i have done some research on anthill uh, puja and lot of things and i have curated a set of questions for you and uh, i i will i will shoot it one at a time and you can take it as it comes cool yes let's get all started. right fantastic so uh, first thing uh, you know when i was i was reading about you you have done your architecture from iit and now you are a social entrepreneur if i'm not wrong right yeah. so how did, how did that journey you know architecture on one side and social entrepreneurship is totally different uh, uh, you know uh, field to be in so how did that journey happen it's been a very um, i would say a crazy journey and uh, more for my parents than me i would say for them to understand what is happening and what is she doing with her career so right. i took up architecture um, when i uh, you know uh, when i was going for graduation not sure not very clear on what to do with life and right. so it seemed interesting and in two years time i realized that this is not what my calling is and right. uh, it was a very difficult situation right like you know what not to do but what do you want to do right like to be exploring right. Right. what you want to do so i would say 5 years in college i've explored a lot like I've, i ended up writing this book i did a lot of internships and uh, oh. i've always been a believer that you have to you learn things by doing uh, you don't understand your interest by just by making a short list uh, you know list of things and short listing things i feel let's try out things and we will know right um, so that's what that's what happened um uh, I I was actually social entrepreneurship or this startup happened to me by um, not in a very planned way but something that was very core to me um right. in my final year of college um I got placed as a play, uh, as a product manager and that's what I was doing for a year but we had right. built this playground back in college and uh, at that point in time it didn't seem like a it's a, such a big problem but over the next one year you know with after building our first playgrounds uh, made with tires and drums Uh, we received hundreds of requests from all over the country which made me realize you know the magnitude of this problem uh, the fact that we don't even as a society understand how important play is for children and Absolutely. that problem i wanted to solve this problem and uh, uh, after a year quit my job took this venture full time and it's been an amazing journey since then <laughs> fantastic so which was the year you started this um i i took this full time in 2017 Very nice. Three years, fantastic. Such a long. Because when I when I was doing some research on Antil, I thought it's been running around for at least ten years. The kind of work you guys have already accomplished. So it's been six years since we built our first playground, and uh, right. it's been like great learning from building our first playground, which took three months, to now building thirty playgrounds in a month. Uh, we have Very definitely nice. come a long way. <laughs> I know. I know. I've seen. I've seen uh, some of your projects in Bang uh, Karnataka when I was in Bangalore. That's how I got connected with you first time on LinkedIn because it was so interesting concept for me uh, because normal people will not think about these things, you know, play playground with you know uh, recyclable materials and things like that. Very nice. So you know, for people who don't know Anthill, you know, so can, if you can uh, explain it to them, what is Anthill Creations and what is the kind of work you guys do? 
Sure. So the vision of our organization is to make sure that every child gets to play. Um, it's very simple, uh, right? Like giving access and affordability um, to, to children. And that's how it started as well, right? Like we saw that these children were playing with those broken cement pipes, using slippers to play badminton. And we just felt, is playground a luxury? Doesn't every single child deserve a happy childhood? Uh, and uh, uh, I personally, like, all the research paper says, and I also personally believe that play is so powerful in bringing children together, in uh, making them learn um, 21st century skills, which you may not necessarily learn in a classroom setting or with very academic cognitive curriculum. So we need all-round development, right? Especially in today's times. Uh, and what, how we spend our time as children defines how, what kind of adults we become, right? Like there's so right. much learning that happens in childhood, which stays with us over years. Um, so that's what we're trying to do. Um, being architects, I knew, we, we we thought, you know, spaces are so powerful. And we ended up building um, playgrounds. We built close to 270 playgrounds now made out wow. of recycled material like tires, drums, cable drums, bamboo. Uh, we're also exploring plastic waste now. Um, and the idea is if you can give something or create something valuable like playgrounds by upcycling material, why not? Uh, right? A lot of people ask me, why do you upcycle material? And I have, you know, my obvious answer is why not, right? There's so much waste that we're creating. And if all of us start doing that in um, almost all initiatives, uh, we should definitely do it. Right, right. Yeah, who would have thought, right, from from tire, uh, from, from drums, all these things, you can build a playground which kids can have so much fun. Because I remember in my childhood days, I'm pretty old. So in my childhood, we used to have this cycle tire and we used to beat it and run around, you know. So fantastic, amazing actually. Uh, how many how many playgrounds we have already built? We've built close to two seventy playgrounds now. Uh, this is a, across eighteen states. Yes. yes. Fantastic, fantastic. So guys, uh, if you want to know more about Anthill and their fantastic how how the playground looks, that they have a lot of images and etc. on anthillcreations.org. That is A N T. H-I-L-L creations.org. Go check it out. And fantastic work these guys are doing. All right. So that was about what it is all about. So now I want to see, I want to talk about the impact which you guys have created already. So uh, if you can speak a little bit about the impact which you guys could do over the last six years. Right. Um, so from the very beginning um we started you know taking feedback from the users we believe that any solution uh, can be perfected if you're close to user if you understand your beneficiaries very well um right. so even not after building the playgrounds but even before that process starts we spend some time with children um so typically in a playground you would see a slide swing and a seesaw we right. find these games with children we ask them what is your favorite playground what is your best what is the best playground that you can imagine and trust me children are very creative very right, right. Uh, innovative so that's that's how we operate and then we build the playground with the community and uh post that you know like we do associate with them for maintenance for almost a year till the entire handover of the playground happens to the community so this entire process is creating not just bringing play to children which definitely helps them in their development um the playtime of children has increased we've seen attendance in schools going up children who were reluctant to go to schools are now looking forward because you know teachers were telling that they come early to school they stay back after <laughs> so, you know that's 
that place is not just um, where you come and have classes, but it's a place where you meet your friends, where you enjoy, where, where you're, you know, looking forward to going. Uh, so right, that is right. something that we have seen at a very, I would say, um, surface level, uh, something that you can clearly see with your eyes. Um, right. We've also got feedback from teachers how children who never spoke in class all of a sudden became very comfortable with other children. Because in a very wow. academic classroom uh, chair setting, uh, they might be, you know, a little reluctant in opening up. But uh, when you are in a playground, you're playing, you're having fun, you're being yourself. Uh, uh, so a lot of those things happen, um, stories we get to hear. Um, we've also seen children coming to teachers and saying that uh, um, this is the three-hour concept you taught in class. So, you know, what they've been taught in, th taught in theory, they're seeing it right in front of their eyes and that inspires them. They go back home and they use plastic bottles to make planters and creative things. So I think, wow. and th that's the impact that it's doing on children, but it's, there's a larger impact that's happening on communities as well. Um, right. So one of the first few playgrounds we built, I remember one of the headmasters came to us and said, don't build a playground here, it's going to distract my children. And right. I found that really disturbing, right? Like how we feel that play is trivial and a waste of time. Um, right. Whereas on a very core level, it does help us in the development. Um, so, and after we built the playground in a month's time, the headmaster was um, so grateful. His mindset had changed. There were more people coming and requesting for a playground. So as a community, I think we're becoming more aware of the importance of play. Um, when the community comes and builds the playgrounds with us, there is such high ownership. It's not just a playground infrastructure that they see. It's a community space. It's a right. it's something that they've built together and uh, brings a sense of belongingness uh, amongst people. Right, right, right. So it's it's amazing actually because uh, so what kind of schools uh, or what are the areas which you focus on, if I may ask? Sure. So largely we build these playgrounds in government schools, uh, yeah. one because you will find most children there and that is where the need is most. Um, right. But uh, we also look at transforming cities and you know making the entire city child friendly. Um, in, especially in metro cities you see there are so many dead spaces which can be transformed into community spaces. Uh, nowadays, if you have to go out, you just go to malls or restaurants, but we need right. more open spaces. We need we need a place where children can play and parents can also spend, have a good time. So that right. is, now we're picking up uh, lake sites in Bangalore and also working with the government to um, clean up the dump yards and transform them into community spaces and playgrounds. Uh, we've done a similar project with the Bhumneshwar Development Authority where uh, Bhumneshwar is becoming a child-friendly city. Um, and playground is, is, is one major part of doing that. Right, right. And I've seen pictures. Your playgrounds look very nice also. It's very colorful and, you know, very vibrant. Very vibrant. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. So actually, it's, it, uh, imagine in Bangalore, I think these kind of playgrounds are much needed there. Uh, that's very nice. And uh, on a lighter note, since students are going back, you should plan some playgrounds in engineering colleges also. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. That's very nice, actually. I'm so impressed by the kind of work you guys are doing. All right. So, you know, all this is possible because you guys have a very young founding member team. Right? I saw your team with a lot of youngsters coming together. Can you share some uh, light on uh, the people involved and their contribution? Sure. 
so i mean and it was started by a bunch of friends when we were in college uh, it wasn't okay. a project it wasn't uh, an assignment it was just something we wanted to do before leaving the college and uh, there was no sort of like nobody giving responsibility to anyone it happened very naturally and because the motivation was so high and right. even um, even when i took this venture full time that is sort of culture we kept in the organization uh one is because we were very early stage we couldn't afford very senior people <laughs> in the okay. organization uh, a lot of people told me that it's very difficult to work with freshers but trust me the kind of learning i've seen uh, my team had over the past 2 3 years it's amazing right like i feel we need people who have a strong will power and right. skills and how to do things is something that we all can figure out like uh, so that's what i've seen in my organization like every single person is uh, highly motivated um, very early like you know like we have like 23 24 year olds uh, and they say we found our purpose in life we always want to work with children like <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh and it's very it's, it's it's amazing right like we don't have to create a very um i mean now that we are scaling up we are bringing processes and structure in the organization but i think what we don't want to do is in a sense as a culture in the organization is this, like self motivation ownership that every single person shows um and of obviously the high enthusiasm that is there in everyone right 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 all right so uh, you know moving on Yeah, I want to talk about some kind of you know you guys have received a lot of uh, it it you as well as Angela has uh, received a lot of accolades on the way. So if you can share some of those proud moments with us, that would be fantastic. So we've got great opportunities. Um, one of the things that helped us very early on was this incubation at IIM Bangalore, and obviously you know like we are young founders and. Uh, I felt we were very fortunate to get into this incubation because I I had never worked in a scaled organization and here I was trying to scale an organization and uh, obviously right like doing mistakes and learning is good but if you can avoid those mistakes you can move faster um, right. so that's where the mentors played a role we we were very lucky to have some very amazing mentors who who would not tell us what to do but they would ask us the right questions even the decision to uh, register as a non-profit versus a for-profit right like they made us question what is it that you want to achieve and right. um, similarly whenever we had to take some difficult decisions in an organization our mentors were always there to guide us to just be like a you know like a um uh, 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 a guiding sort of like uh, just to brainstorm they're always there so that really helped us and uh, i don't know if that would come as accolades but i think it really helped us as an organization right. grow uh, one of the things i'm all very very sort of uh, happy proud and something very special to me is uh, i think the young alumni award that uh, my alma mater uh, kharagpur gave me uh, because you may go anywhere in the world i think uh, being recognized by your institution is something which is very very special um sure. and it wasn't so important to me i feel but it was like i saw like my parents were really i mean they're not really happy when i took this venture full time so i could see like yeah maybe they're like a little proud and they're like theek hai kuch to dhanga she's doing all <laughs> 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 yeah. right so that that happened which year this was uh, 2018 right right fantastic i i know you have 
uh, got lot more awards and recognition also i have done my research but let's let's move on now all right so i know that you know uh, the kind of work you guys are doing it it is not an easy journey at all so since we spoke about the accolades i would love to know some of the challenges you guys have faced along this uh, journey so i think one of the biggest challenge we've been facing right from the beginning is um, you know making people understand this is an important cause a lot of people come to me and say pooja you're so talented why don't you work in education and i find i find it very disturbing like you know like um, play is not different from education play is learning in itself um so that mindset that people have uh, is i think what is a bigger challenge for us to solve i mean we are building playgrounds we'll build thousands of playgrounds uh, but the problem we're trying to solve uh, will only get solved when people people's mindset gets changed and right. i think that is what i have seen changing over the past 4 years when people see playgrounds right in front of their eyes and we can see the impact in front of them um i don't have to tell them any answers this year right like that's yeah. what that's one of the challenges we've been facing um from the very beginning um obviously similarly comes from that is also there is less funding available for this we don't fit into sports we don't fit into education so, like you have to align yourself as to what uh, where, where you will get the funding from Uh, right. since we work with most of the government schools uh, we've been able to work with a lot of education uh, organizations as well um yeah i think the second challenge we faced is uh, being a very young team uh, uh getting the right people in the team um uh, you know like uh, like you said we have a very young team and we're very we're very agile we move very fast uh but it's always nice to have few experienced people and the right mix uh, in the organization so that is something that we have not been able to achieve uh and would want to have in the future as we scale up and uh yeah right right fantastic fantastic uh you guys have crossed across all these challenges because for the first one uh you know uh which you mentioned the shift in mindset required is it's that's the biggest challenge any organization can face changing mindset of people is the toughest thing anybody will have to do all right so one of the one other interesting thing which i came across recently from you is during this pandemic you guys have launched play in a box and mission 10k so i would i would love to know more about it so if you can tell us what is play in a box and what is mission 10k so when covid 19 happened and schools were closed because because of lockdown um we we were very close to the communities that we worked with and they reached out us to us for help um and we did a covid relief provided them groceries for uh, close to 2 months did some crowdfunding campaign to support that and while we were doing that we also saw that children were stuck at home um right. they had no idea when schools will reopen and we continued to build playgrounds but nobody was coming to playgrounds right. i mean they will come back after a year but we are an organization to which exists to create impact not to build infrastructure and right. that's when we came back went back to our drawing boards and questioned ourselves went back to the core vision of bringing play to children and we felt if children can't come out to play let's take play to them and wow. uh, Uh, we've always been a strong believer of active play outdoor play uh, but i feel necessity is what also brings innovation uh, we came up with these 
uh, indoor games, uh, but we did not limit them to um, just you know building blocks. We have games which cater to uh, all-round development of children, be it physical development, social emotional skills, team building, um, um, gross motor skills. So we have games, uh, creative expression, and we have games catering to each of these development areas for children. And we've put them together in a box, and we're giving it out to um, children from government schools, slum communities who do not have digital devices, who have, right. whose only um, you know, a uh, uh, way to learn was through children, uh, through schools, and now schools are closed. Uh, parents might not have enough time, or you know, uh, they might not give children as much attention to continue their learning. Um, and we've just forgotten, I think, uh, children in that age group. Uh, so we have to make sure that their curiosity stays alive. They are excited to come back to school next year when we open. It's a tough time for all of us, and um, children probably are not able to express uh, what they're going through but they are not designed <laughs> to be inside houses you know like right. they have so much energy in them right. and yeah. um, it, we've got amazing response we've already distributed first 2000 boxes we got support from companies like salesforce into it and uh, a couple of more promised uh, so we will be able to i feel uh, reach 10000 children with our campaign mission 10k um, uh, Already, I think more than five, four hundred people who have supported us on the campaign as well. Um, yeah, that's what we're trying to do. Right, right. So it's only uh, Karnataka you're focusing on. Is it uh, shipped to other places also? Uh, no, we've already uh, sort of designed these in five regional languages. Uh, so we've. We have bilingual cards. We wanted to make sure right from the very, I mean, I think something that's very core to our organization is also the scale. And we think it from day one. Uh, but there's something like you make a product and then you try to scale it. But when you design for scale, you design it accordingly. Um, so we have already shipped it in multiple areas, Odisha, Gujarat, Rajasthan. Um, and we are getting requests from other places as well. So it's not uh, it's not limited just to Karnataka, but obviously that's where our team is. and. Uh, um, right. uh, the most of the communities we've worked with is here. Right, right. So I saw I saw a video of yours where uh, kids are opening these boxes and talking in Canada that how exciting this box is. You know, I've seen some startups with these kind of boxes, but this is an innovative concept, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure those kids, uh, their playgrounds will be an escape place for them, uh, given the conditions they live in. So yeah. this is a very uh, nice concept. So I have a follow-up question on this. So how can individuals like me or anybody in this matter uh, be part of your mission and how we can uh, help uh, in uh, your your uh, concepts like play in a box or mission 10K, all these things, how can people be a part of this? Sure. Um, so basically, we we don't try to sort of protect our product and say that this is our product right this is our product this is for you and if you want to give it out to as many children as you want uh yeah. we're happy to sort of share like how we've designed help you design playgrounds as well um yeah. so uh, currently we're running this campaign called as mission 10k on milap where we're trying to raise uh, uh 30 lakhs uh, uh to support the children that we have identified who need it um so you can become one of uh, you can become a part of Antel. You can join us as a ambassador. Um, race, identify a community which you think is will benefit from a product like this. 
right. help us raise funds uh, and we can you know like uh, work with you to um, help those children receive these products as well um, right. apart from that i think we have had uh, people join us uh, uh, we we give very we don't have very structure volunteer program as such we don't even use the term volunteer you want to be a part of antel whatever time you have over the weekend whenever you have you can give your time you can spread the word uh, about the work that you do um and i think more ideas have come from people who want to like help so happy to explore talk uh, uh, whenever people have time right so is is it possible for uh, people to contribute uh, as in donate also to antel Yes, so we have this campaign running on Melab, uh, bringing back, bringing play home, uh, which people can come contribute and also share with more people. Got, got, cool. All right, so Melab is the place to go for that. All right, all right. So now uh, let's talk about Pooja a little bit. Okay, now enough of Antil. Now let's focus on Pooja. That's what this month is all about. right so we want to know what drives people like you and how you do all these things okay so it's it's all tough work you know uh, being in a male dominated society doing standing up for yourself and doing these kind of work it takes a lot of courage grit and determination all right so first thing i want to talk about is because i am an avid reader is about your book so the road not taken so what that is all about so i mean i wrote this book when i was in my third year of college um wow. and uh, <laughs> uh, i was talking to a professor and i am bangalore about my interest about what kind of research i want to do with him and um, he was um, uh, we ended up you know uh, uh, talking about my interest in entrepreneurship on grassroots innovators um so he he suggested why don't you write a book cover the stories of these amazing women entrepreneurs who have come up with solutions and scale them so as a college kid i was just so excited to talk to these entrepreneurs and um, i am not a i wouldn't call myself a very great writer um, the part that excited me was meeting these entrepreneurs and it was amazing um, i, I it, and the purpose of writing that book was that these are people who started uh with nothing and they are people just like you and me and to make people the purpose of the book was to inspire people and give them a reality check that this is possible for you as well um i don't know if the book inspired anyone but it definitely inspired me <laughs> it made right. me believe that you know uh will power is something that can um make you do amazing things uh skills are something that you can learn on the way how to do it um yeah. So yeah, that's that. That was, I think, my first sort of motivation, uh, and I got clarity that yes, this is what I want to do. Um, right. So how yeah. many how many entrepreneurs did you interview for the book? So I interviewed nine uh, entrepreneurs. Uh, yes. Very nice. All Indian entrepreneurs or mix? yes, all in, all Indian entrepreneurs. Fantastic, fantastic. I'll, I'll try to get a copy of the book and read it. All right. So you lead an organization which is doing a very different kind of work, right? So we had uh, we had CEO of Milan Foundation on the show, and mm -hmm. he he literally gave me goosebumps with the work they do, right? Mm -hmm. So similarly, your work is also along those lines. So what drives you as a female leader in the social entrepreneurship arena? Um. 
actually i never think of like this that whether i'm a female entrepreneur or a male entrepreneur right like when you start right. out something you just see a problem that you want to solve and uh, just do whatever it takes to solve that problem uh, right. and something that i found inspiring in the in the entrepreneurs that i interviewed for books also right like this is something that i used to ask them about right. the challenges you faced and i remember all of them saying that yeah like family wasn't agreeing but we try we convince them this problem right. was there but we solved it uh, so i think when your when your vision is towards that goal um, the obstacles just become like a small sort of like a distraction which you can just solve and move forward um, so that i think i have experienced a similar thing um, uh, i i a lot of times i didn't even realize that i was being stereotyped being a female um, uh i my eyes were somewhere else right, <laughs> to, right. you know like you pick your battles uh, i i know i can't change and i'm i'm not a i'm not a person who tries to sort of like um tell you things by telling things i'm like hey, let's do it through actions right like i will make anta successful and i think that will prove that how a women led organization can um, create scalable impact as well so that's that's what i believe in <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Serious, uh, straight away attacking the problem you need to solve. Yeah. Forget about everything else. That's that's, that's pretty uh, practical and actionable. All right. So my next question is, you know, if if uh, you you are a pretty successful entrepreneur, so what is your advice to other budding or existing female entrepreneurs? I think um, I ha- I have two advices uh, which I followed and have worked for me also. One is um, don't wait too long to start. I think we contemplate a lot, and when we get into that cycle, you um, will never have hundred percent surety whether this will become successful or not. So you have to take that plunge and just jump. Uh, I think that is where most of us back off, and why we have only few entrepreneurs and not everybody. um so that's my first advice don't think about family family or society or friends right like think of what gives you the motivation and if you are in like if you are yourself motivated and passionate about it like i remember i used to feel very selfish that i'm not listening to my family and i'm doing this but today i think they are proud of me and uh, um, we are doing okay <laughs> uh, so that's the first advice a uh, second would be i think um uh once you get started don't give up there will be it won't be a easy path uh, there will be a lot of obstacles something that you wouldn't have imagined um, but if you have that strong just you know like a grit uh, and resilience to get up every time you fall i think um, you will not fail <laughs> Very nice, very nice. So start early and never give up. If I have to sum that up, that's very nice. Uh, such a such a you know a lot of people talk about it, but you already you practice that. So that's very interesting. All right. So I want to know uh, one question again about Anthill. Uh, uh, Pooja, are you there? Can you hear I'm, me? Yes, oh. I can hear you. Just give me a second. Sure. Yes, you can ask your question. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, my question is: What are the future plans of Anthill Creations? What lies ahead for the organization? Um. So I think, uh, what we said in the beginning, right? Like, um, uh, we want to solve this problem that we have picked up, 
and we will not stop till we have provided play to every single child and uh, we want to not just play, build playgrounds in government schools but reach a stage where all of us understand as parents as teachers uh, that play is important for children and uh, going forward we want to i mean we can build 1000 10000 playgrounds but that is not the only thing which will solve the problem uh, we right. want to create enablers in the society uh, and like i said um, our designs are open source um, we we are working with when people reach out to us that they want to build playgrounds with us uh, we try to help them virtually as well um, so that's where we want to reach where we have thousands of champions who wants to build playgrounds in their own villages in their own countries and we become uh, you know with our learning of past 5 6 years uh, we help them in being able to achieve that right right fantastic playground for every kid is a country it's like a very big ambitious goal i am pretty sure you guys will achieve that right so uh, we have come to the end of the session so my last question which i ask every guest who comes on the show is how has covid 19 impacted pooja and how has it impacted anjil so good and bad ways i would say i'm a very extrovert people person it was very hard for me to stay indoors Uh, but more than that when i saw how it was affecting migrant uh, laborers and how it was affecting rest of the world i just felt uh, that you know my problems are nothing in front of them and sure. um when this problem happened we couldn't say that no we are an organization who does play and we we cannot help you right like when you see a problem in front of your eyes um you help the community that you have worked with um so we did that i think that was a good realization that you have to be focused on your goal but you also have to see uh where you can add value whom you can help um for us as a team i think uh, everybody says that work from home has uh, you know like uh, uh, for some people it is increasing productivity for some people it is uh, uh you know uh very difficult for our team also i think we've gone through a similar cycle but yeah. we we went through some tough times there was a time when i felt okay this is how anthill will end right like our work has stopped at all uh but the team was together and uh, we all took takers um and how we figured out just to move forward and post that we have we are now working on two products uh, so we've come out of that uh crisis Uh, because we, our focus was that let's keep the user at the center of um, let's keep the child uh, at the center of what we want to do and uh, uh, yeah it's been uh, <laughs> it's been a journey i would say we've uh, uh, i've got more rejections uh, in these last 6 months than i have in the last 3 years uh, but that also means we've reached out and we've done more stuff uh, yeah. so ha huh, i think just a lot more resilience a lot more trust in the team has come with this entire episode right well nice. i'm i'm happy that at least you guys are doing well not that bad and i'm pretty sure something great will come out of this uh thank you so much uh, for joining me today uh, pooja and it was fantastic listening to you uh, you know people i love listening to people like you because you know it's 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 a very uh, different kind of situation right now so when when i see people like you doing these kind of work i am inspired to do more 
Uh, I pass on because my, my show is followed by a lot of youngsters. So this is a message for them. They can also do wonderful things if they have the grit. They, 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 they can go in the right direction. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, I want you to stay safe and we uh, stay in touch. Thank you so much, Vivek, for having me. Bye. Thanks for listening in. For more exciting episodes like these, please follow the Thrifty Marketer Podcast. Now available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. See you next episode.